I'm Mark Fontijn. In this episode, we're going to look back on the first 10 episodes and see what patterns have emerged. If you haven't had the time to watch all the previous episodes, but still want to know what the major trends are within service design, this episode is just for you. Since the start in April, we've had many inspiring and experienced minds on the show. People like Mark Stickdorn, Andy Pollane, and Dave Gray. We've talked about a range of topics like customer performance and liminal thinking. But some topics just kept coming back throughout all the different episodes. Topics that give us an insight in the trends that are currently shaping the service design field. Trends that we should all be aware of and understand what questions we should be asking about them. The four major trends that we'll be talking about in this episode are the internalization of service design, the rise of service prototyping, the increased focus on measuring value and impact, and finally, the transformation of organizational culture. So let's take a closer look at these trends one by one. The first trend is called internalizing service design. There we go. Who what? are, who are, um, let's make, who are building capacity? Question mark, right? Service design provides a way to deliver a great customer experience. And delivering a great customer experience is something that more and more companies consider vital to their business. It's a way to gain a competitive advantage. You want to keep the things close that are vital to your business. So the number of companies that are building internal service design capabilities is growing rapidly. By internalizing service design capabilities, companies can benefit from the lessons they learned throughout multiple projects. The gained knowledge stays within the organization and can be reused. So new projects deliver better results faster. This also means a change for service design agencies. They have to acquire different skills in order to support their clients who want to build service design capabilities from within. Throughout the episodes, we've seen that there is still a debate on the ideal way to fit service design within the structure of an organization. Creating a new silo by setting up a service design department probably isn't the best way to go. The second trend is called the rise of service prototyping. Um, and I think there's a huge potential for prototyping services, prototyping customer experiences, etc. Um, and I think there's a lot to, to be learned there and a lot to be developed in terms of tooling and methodologies, um, a lot to be explored in terms of what is the effect of it. Prototyping is a key phase within the design process. Testing ideas fast, cheap, and often is a great way to prevent expensive mistakes later on in the process. The idea of prototyping services has been around since the very first day of service design. But if you look at the number of tools and methods that are out there, you'll notice that the majority focuses on research and concepting. We know a little about service prototyping. Recently though, it seems that the body of knowledge around service prototyping is growing. We learn about projects that test services in just a few days. And we learn about companies that go from cardboard models to full-scale service prototypes in a systematic and structured approach. Could it be that more service design projects reach the stage in which the opportunity arises to prototype services? Or are service design studios just getting better at selling the value of prototyping? One thing is for sure, 
companies that are able to turn service concepts into real-world experiments will be able to move faster. They will know quicker what makes an impact on their customers and what doesn't. And this brings us to the third trend. The third trend is increased focus on measuring value and impact. The discussion we are already having, and this one is called linking in uh, improvement to value. Is yeah, so there we, a question starter that goes along with this one? Question starter. I think this one's there. How how can we how can we what <laughs> how can we link how can we link how can we link service design customer experience in, improvement to value? So I know we've we've touched on it before. Service design is often celebrated for the fact that it helps companies to understand what people find desirable. But as service design matures and spreads throughout organizations, the investments get higher. And so does the demand for service design to be held accountable. More questions are being raised about the value it actually creates. And that's a really good thing. If we want to be taken seriously by the rest of the world, like Lauren Curry said in her episode, we need to get better at linking what we do at the forefront of innovation to the impact it makes on people's lives and the value it creates for business. A portfolio of tools and methods within service design that help to address the business side of projects is growing. The business model canvas and the culture map are great examples of that. But the service design community definitely needs to put more effort into this. And there are some real challenges to overcome here. Like the fact that the value of the work that is done at the forefront can sometimes be only seen months or maybe even years later after a service design project has finished. Another thing is that service design projects deliver short-term results, like an improved customer experience but often also contribute to long-term objectives, like becoming a more customer-centric company. So how do we take these results into account and attribute them to these service design projects, claiming the value that we've created? The fourth and final trend is the transformation of organizational culture. So it's just service design is part of culture. It's, it's actually behavior and uh, which which is why I really truly believe that when you're in service design, actually what you're doing is you are changing behavior, you are in, in, uh, in change management, um, uh, but in a very different way. Andy Poulain said in his episode, service design is end-to-end. -end. It touches every aspect of a company. So to be able to design and deliver great customer experiences consistently on a large scale, running a service design project or even setting up a service design apartment is just not enough. It often also requires a shift in the organizational culture. As Dave Gray pointed out in his episode, it's hard to change culture if you don't understand the current enablers and blockers that facilitate a certain behavior, habits and norms. That's where you need to start. And don't try to change everything at once. It's doomed to fail. Moving towards a customer-centric culture is just hard work. You'll need to deal with the antibodies within an organization that reject change. Starting small, having a bigger vision and support from the very high top seem to be the vital ingredients for success. This trend is closely related to the very first one we've talked about, the internalization of service design capabilities. As service design capabilities grow, they need a supporting culture in order to be utilized to the full potential. So, as Anna van Oosterom said, don't start a project, start a movement. 
So that's it. These are the four major trends that are shaping service design at this moment, based on what we've learned from the first 10 episodes. What do you consider the most important trend at this moment? Share your thoughts in the comments. What's up with this? You mean this? The rubber chicken, yeah. You can catch a new episode of the Service Design Show every two weeks. So if you enjoyed this episode and like to see more, be sure to subscribe to the channel and check out some of the past episodes. Thanks for watching and see you in the next episode.